Hello my friends, this is Nikki. Welcome to episode 58 of Learning About the Lord. Today we are still in Nazareth at Mary's house. Jesus is with Simon Zelot, his disciple Joseph, Judas Iscariot, Peter, Thomas, Andrew, James, Philip, Bartholomew, and Judah Thaddeus. James and Judah are Jesus' cousins. They all sit together and invite the Virgin Mary to come and sit as well. Jesus begins speaking slowly and solemnly as usual. Oh, I must remind you that I am currently reading from the Poem of the Man-God, Volume 1, Maria Valtorta. To what shall I compare the apostolic formation, says the Lord? To the nature surrounding us. See, the earth in winter seems dead, but inside it the seeds are active and the lymphs feed on moisture which they store in the underground branches, I would call the roots thus, so that they may have plenty for the upper branches when it is time to blossom. You also can be compared to the winter earth, barren, naked, ugly-looking, but the sower has passed on you and has spread the seed. The tiller has come near you and has broken up the soil round your trunks, which are as hard and rough as the soil in which they are planted, so that the roots may receive nourishment from the clouds and from the air, and the trunks may be strengthened for the future fruit. And you have received the seed and the tillage, because you are willing to bear fruit in the work of God. I will also compare your apostolic formation to the storm, which struck and bent and seemed a purposeless violence, but see how much good it has done. The air today is purer, fresher, without dust or sultriness. The sun is the same sun as yesterday's, but it is not so scorching as yesterday. The herbs and plants are relieved as well as men, because cleanliness and serenity cheer up all things. Also contrasts help to attain a more precise knowledge and clarification. Otherwise they would be nothing but wickedness. And what are contrasts if not the storms that stir up different types of clouds? And do such clouds not pile up slowly in the hearts of men, in useless bad moods, petty jealousies, and vain pride? Then the wind of grace blows and gathers them together that they may discharge their ill humors and the sky may clear up again. And your apostolic molding is like the work that Peter was doing this morning for the delight of my mother, which is to straighten, tie, support, or undo according to the varying necessities to make you strong workers at the service of God. So Peter was helping the Virgin Mary to straighten one of her fig trees that had bent in the storm. That's what Jesus is referring to. It is necessary to correct wrong ideas, to tie and subdue the rebelling flesh, to support weaknesses, to cut off evil inclinations, and to free one from slavery and timidity. You must be free and strong. Like eagles that leave their native mountain tops and fly higher and higher, the service of God is the flight. One among you is sad today because his father's life is on the decline, and he is declining with his heart closed to the truth and to his son who is following the truth. So Jesus here is talking of Judah, his cousin, 
more than closed, hostile. The father has not yet said the unfair words, go away, of which I spoke to you yesterday, thus declaring himself to be above God. But his closed heart and sealed lips are not yet capable of saying at least, follow the voice that is calling you. Neither the son nor I, who am speaking to you, would expect to hear those lips say, Come and let the Master come with you, and may God be blessed, because he chose a servant in my family, creating thus, with the word of the Lord, a kinship which is more sublime than blood. But at least I, for his own sake, and for the Son, for more complicated reasons, would not like to hear hostile words from him. But this Son must not cry. He must know that I bear no grudge or ill-feeling towards his father. I feel only pity for him. I have come and stopped here, although I knew it would be useless, so that one day the son may not say to me, Oh, why did you not come? I have come as he may be fully convinced that everything is quite useless when a heart is hardened by hatred. I have also come to comfort a good woman, who is suffering because of this family division, as if her heart were torn to pieces. But both the son and the good mother must be convinced that I do not return hatred for hatred. I respect the honesty of the old believer who is faithful to what has been so far his religion, although his faith has gone off the right path. So let's just clarify for a moment who Jesus is speaking about. His Adoptive father, Joseph, has an older brother, Alpheus. Alpheus is married to Mary of Alpheus, and they are neighbors. Mary of Alpheus is always with the Virgin Mary. She follows the doctrine of Jesus. She has four sons together with Alpheus. Two of them, for now, are Jesus' apostles. That's James and Judah. He also has two other cousins, within that family, Joseph, the eldest, and Simon. Joseph and Simon do not follow the Lord. Their father, Alphaeus, does not believe that Jesus is the Lord. It causes Mary of Alphaeus great distress that her husband does not follow Jesus and does not sanction his sons, James and Judah, for becoming apostles of Jesus. If you remember... James and Judah were educated with Jesus by the Virgin Mary. They grew up with him. They were very close to him. They were taught by his mother and learned from her. So they're very, very close to Jesus and they become two of his apostles. In time, eventually, in time, in years to come, their other two brothers, Joseph and Simon, will also become followers of the Lord. But for now... There's great strife within the family because the patriarch, Alpheus, is dying and he's angry and he feels that his sons have abandoned him to follow Jesus. Now we're going to continue with what Jesus is teaching. And he says, There are many like Alpheus in Israel. That is why I say to you, I will be more accepted by the heathens than by the children of Abraham. Mankind has depraved the idea of the Savior and has lowered his supernatural royalty to the poor idea of a human sovereignty. 
I must break the hard back of Hebraism, penetrate it and cut it till I reach the bottom, and then place the fruitful new law exactly where the heart of Hebraism is. O Israel, brought up around the vital stone of the law of Sinai. Okay, what is the stone of the law of Sinai? It's the Ten Commandments, the tablets of the Ten Commandments. He says, O Israel, brought up around the vital stone of the law of Sinai, has become like a monstrous fruit, the pulp of which is formed by layers of hard fibers, protected outside by a shell firm against every penetration, and also against the ejection of the germ, so much so that the Eternal Father deems the moment has come to create the new plant of the faith in the one and trine God. To allow the will of God to be fulfilled and Hebraism to become Christianity, I must notch, pierce, penetrate, and make my way to the very stone, then warm it with my love so that it will awake and swell, sprout and grow more and more, and thus become the mighty plant of Christianity, the perfect, eternal, divine religion. And I solemnly tell you that it will be possible to penetrate Hebraism only in the proportion of one part to a hundred. So one part to a hundred is one percent. He's saying that I will only be able to achieve success to 1% of Hebraism into Christianity. The rest of Christianity will be fulfilled by the non-Jews, the Gentiles or the heathens, as Jesus earlier referred to them. Jesus continues, I therefore do not deem reprobate this Israelite, and he's talking about Alphaeus, his uncle, who does not want me and is not willing to give me his son. That is why I say to the son, Do not cry on account of the flesh and blood that suffer being rejected by the flesh and blood that generated them. That is why I say, Do not even cry on account of the soul. Your suffering operates more than anything else in favor of your soul and his, in favor of your father, who does not understand and does not see. And I also say to you, do not feel remorse for being more of God than of your Father. And I say to you all, God is more than father, mother, brothers. I have come to join people not according to the world, to flesh and blood, but according to the Spirit and to heaven. I therefore must separate flesh and blood to take with me the souls which even when on this world are fit for heaven, to take the servants of heaven. So I have come to call the strong ones and make them even stronger, because my army of meek people is made of strong people, meek towards their brothers, strong against their own ego and the selfishness of family blood. Do not cry, my cousin, I can assure you that your pain is operating before God in favor of your father and brothers more than any word, not only yours, but also mine. Believe me, words cannot enter where preconceived ideas form a barrier, but grace enters, and a sacrifice draws graces. 
So what is grace? Grace is a spiritual awakening. It's a gift from God. He says, sacrifice draws graces. And Jesus continues, I solemnly tell you that when I call someone as a disciple, there is no obedience greater than this one. And we must obey without even stopping to reckon how and how much others will react to our going towards God. One must not even stop to bury one's father. And you will receive a reward for your heroism, a reward not only for yourselves, but also for those from whom you are torn away, broken-hearted, and whose words often strike you more painfully than a slap in the face, because they accuse you of being ungrateful children, and in their selfishness they curse you as rebels. No, not rebels, saints. The first enemies of those who are called are their relatives. So Jesus is showing that many times it is the relatives, it is the families who do not understand the disciples who leave their families to follow the Lord. That's then and now. Jesus says, But we must learn to distinguish between love and love and to love in a supernatural way. That is, to love more the master of the supernatural than the servants of the master. We must love our relatives in God, but not more than God. Jesus is now silent. He gets up and goes near his cousin, who, with lowered head, can hardly hold back his tears. Jesus caresses him. Judah, he says, I left my mother to follow my mission. This should remove all doubts about the honesty of your behavior. If it had not been a good deed, would I have done it to my mother, who, above all, has no one but me? Judah presses Jesus' hand to his face and nods his head, but he cannot say anything. Let us go, the two of us, by ourselves, says Jesus, as when we were boys, and Alpheus thought I was the most sensible boy in Nazareth. Let us go and take these beautiful bunches of golden grapes to the old man, so that he may not think that I am neglecting him or that I am hostile to him. Also your mother and James will be pleased. I will tell him that I will be in Capernaum tomorrow, and that his son will be entirely devoted to him. You know, old people are like children. They are jealous, and they always suspect they are being neglected. We must pity them. Jesus has gone, leaving in the garden the disciples dumbfounded at the revelation of pain and incompatibility between a father and son because of Jesus. Mary has gone with Jesus as far as the door, and now she comes back sighing in distress. I think we can see in this lesson how hard it was for some of the apostles to follow Jesus, not because it was hard on their hearts of love towards the Lord, but it was hard on them because of rejection from their own families. Even Peter had to leave his wife, and his mother-in-law was always very cruel to him because of it. And James and Judah left their father, who was not supportive of Jesus as the Messiah. I think in our own lives we can often see that some of us are following God more closely than some others whom we love, and we pray for them. I pray for mine. I ask the Lord to convert them to the true life in God so that we may all be together on the same page in Christianity. 
I thank you all for joining me. I ask the Lord to bless you. Go with God.